Hello, welcome to ATM, Artists Talk Movies, a podcast interviewing creatives about films that have inspired and or influenced their personal studio work. I'm Hyde Fontenot, and I'm here with co-host Aaron Stafford. We're here to talk about contemporary art and the creative impulse with new guests each episode. We're having casual conversations. We don't pretend to be authorities. We're hoping to give you a window into the visionary process of makers. Each man kills a thing he loves. Each man kills a thing he loves. Okay. It's been a minute, Hyde. I, I miss know. you. <laughs> I miss you too, and I'm sorry I didn't get to see you in. Um, I know. In Dallas, we, but you we know. crossed wires there when you were in Dallas, and I was in San Antonio. And yeah, then... that's right. That's right. Erin's <laughs> uh, on her uh-huh. world tour of weddings. Weddings, yes, yeah. I am. Very heteronormative of you. I, <laughs> I'm gonna. <laughs> this last one was very traditional, but I have high hopes for this next one. Okay. Um, so I like the couple um, yeah. quite a bit, but okay. You know, <laughs> I feel like it's fair to warn you, Aaron, that this is a podcast, and that when you say I like these people, <laughs> anyone listening to the podcast whose wedding you've been to previously is like, trouble. wait a minute. I'm pretty sure Ben, most of Ben's friends, think that I don't particularly care for them and because you're a bitch because i'm a bitch it's not true no you're not not. no i've never yeah you're probably one of my only friends i've never called a bitch oh my god what all right i've never i've never really seen you act out have a tantrum be be extra Every once in a while it happens, but I, I try to, uh, you know, I mean, I'm pretty chill generally, but you know, I do suffer. I'm a migraine sufferer, so I think that yeah. people don't understand, you know, where that yeah. comes from. And honestly, I don't really either, um, yeah. unfortunately. Uh, someone was telling me, uh, not that we give medical advice on this podcast, <laughs> but someone was telling me that uh, sometimes a Botech Botox shot in somewhere in the back of the neck or something can help migraines. So maybe look into that. I don't know. My mom suggested that, but I'm pretty sure she was confused and thinking that they would be put into my forehead, you know, wrinkles. Yeah. And it's like, mm, not so really. you could so you could catch a doctor. Yeah, 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 <laughs> exactly. Because doctors don't like ladies with wrinkles. Yeah. No, they don't. No, they don't. <laughs> like, oh my god, mom. But yeah, I've actually heard that that is that is a thing. But unfortunately, uh, my adjunct teaching salary uh-huh. uh, it, that's it gets expensive. So this is so. where we announce your um, GoFundMe for Botox. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that the optics of that are gonna look really terrible, I think. Right. I don't know. <laughs> well I'll do I'll launch mine at the same time okay. for liposuction. <laughs> don't you wish Hyde got rid of his gut? <laughs> we do too. No. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh okay, well it's a deal and okay. we can get right on that. But we have a movie to talk about. Right, we uh, do. <laughs> oh is, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Something else. I had never seen 
Cruel, is that how you say it? I say Cruel. Cruel. Like Cruella, but a different. Cruel, yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Werner uh, Fassbender, or Werner, what is it? Uh, Well, I'll just say. Werner Rainer Fassbender. Uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. It's a film from 1982, Carell, uh, starring a, a, a whole like slew of European artists that we probably aren't so familiar with, but Brad uh, Davis. Davis. Yeah. Okay. Who uh-huh. was an American. Say again, Brian? And Jean Moreau. Yes, of course. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, well, okay, so shall I introduce Brian before? Because I know he's like, yes, he's kind of chiming in. I so know. I don't want to keep him. He's doing it anyway. I don't no. want to keep him at the starting <laughs> gate like too long because he's a thoroughbred and he's got to go. <laughs> uh, <I laughs> so <laughs> our guest this week is Brian Scott, who's a Dallas, Texas based, left leaning socialist sodomite who also <laughs> happens to be an artist. Uh, he's one half of the collaborative duo Chuck and George, um, and you may remember from our Wizard of Oz episode, Brian Jones is, is his partner, and it's a partnership of 30 years and running. Um, and uh, I had referred to his life partner and overlord oppressor, Brian K. Jones. <laughs> uh, together they've created it intricate alternate reality in which two artists exist as caricaturized main characters in a fantastical sphere that references a real-life library of personal anecdotes. They utilize painting, printmaking, paper mache, ceramics, wood carving, animation, digital video, and the creation of this fabricated world that features an entire lineup of dead animals known as roadkill, (laughs) parasites that live in their cat's butts, Unwitting door-to-door Christian missionaries, apes, apes, puppets, satyrs, among a plethora of characters and attractions. Their home in Oak Cliff is a repository of these numerous, not suppository, repository, but that's probably their next show, um, (laughs) of these numerous exhibits. In an example of life imitating art, imitating life, imitating art again, their home studio default museum serves as a living example of their creative and domestic life. Um, Brian Jones has a phallic-centric Instagram project called Junk Mail, and I'll spell it for our listeners. J-U-N-K, and then mail is M-A-L-E. Uh, Brian has produced drawings specifically for this Instagram account, and if you have a penis and you care to participate in this body of work, Brian will direct you with instructions for lighting and composition for acceptable, submittable drawing references at said Instagram account. So please contact him. Um, (laughs) um, If you happen to be in Dallas at the right time of year, you might be lucky enough to experience these artists, uh, Chuck and George. Brian and Brian, in their unnatural habitat during the speed bump visual art tour of the artist studios that's been in operation annually for 23 years now. Chuck and George received a Mastermind Award in 2013 and a visual art roast in the form of a group show at Central Track entitled Who's Afraid of uh, Chuck and George? Oop, almost said Virginia Woolf. Who's Afraid of Chuck and George? in which more than 50 of their friends and peers made artwork honoring the two artists. 
Uh, Brian Scott earned an BFA at the University of North Texas in Denton in printmaking with Professor Judy Youngblood, and afterwards attended the prestigious Pennsylvania Academy of Fine Arts in Philadelphia for three months. Uh, <laughs> oh so, my god, you know. I almost just spit my beer out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you got your milk. We can't all finish <laughs> things. Uh, so upcoming projects for Brian Scott is uh, in his in the du- in the artistic duo Chuck and George, he's been invited to do a micro exhibit through curator Jeff Wheeler at C7 Gallery opening January 8th, 2022 in San Antonio. And I happen to be a special guest in this uh, ex- exhibit exhibition. Uh, and uh, the, uh, we're, we're kind of playing with titles right now. Maybe Mutual Monsters or We Are Each Other's Monster. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I might mention at this point that uh, the Bryans are dear, dear friends of mine. And, uh, so, and one more project for 2022 is uh, Chuck and George will present the Velvetorium at Aaron Cluley Projects in Dallas. Oh, and that okay. is curated by Krista Chalkley. So welcome, Brian Scott. Oh my God! Thank you, thank you for having me. Hi, that is the most lovely introduction I've ever had. Thank, thank you. you. I don't know if you could tell, but I recycled bits of it from, from, from <laughs> Brian Jones's off. But you know, whatever, whatever. Once again, you get leftovers, you know, scraps, hand me downs. Yeah. Story of my life. <laughs> um, so we all watched. Uh, your selected film, Brian, I want to know your history with this movie because you were kind of torn as to what direction you wanted to go with, but then you decided on Cruel. So maybe talk about your history with the movie? Well, um, my history with this, oops, sorry, this movie um, <clears throat> is, um, I think uh, I watched this film really, uh, I, I, I think, with Brian Jones, uh, we met each other like in 1990. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't long after that that I saw this film. But um, <clears throat> I had been seeing images of it in books for a while. And the lighting is like, all of the images that were in the in books mm-hmm. were like really stark. I mean, this was back in the 90s mm-hmm. when, I don't know if y'all know this, but the internet always existed but it wasn't any good for a long time oh, yeah <laughs> so you couldn't find anything on uh-huh. it but um like <clears throat> the imagery of it is like well yeah it's very queer and very inviting and 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 um you know i'm you know i'm i'm given to i'm i'm a human animal and and like the seduction of the flesh is a delightful thing, and this film is is not uh, ashamed of the seduction of the of the flesh, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and and so the images were you know inviting and really stark, mm-hmm. and then um, <clears throat> like we finally got around to seeing it, and it was like it was lovely, and um, so here's a handful of things that I know about the film is that like. Um, it's all on a set, so there's a quality of of each of the experiences that are contained, and so it's it's really exciting because like the entire world is constructed, mm-hmm. and um, and then the behavior of the people is um, you know it's about hierarchies and how people are. Um, manipulated and owned by other people, mm-hmm. yes. and and I mean. <clears throat> It's probably, you know, like a, a three-year-old, a 
our seven-year-old boy or 14-year-old mm-hmm. boy's view of the world mm-hmm. because it's there's a whole bunch of complexities happening, but they're all approached in super simple ways. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, just, uh, I don't know, I'm given to tangents. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's a fascinating, fascinating film. And it's one of those films that makes me want to make films. Oh, mm. Okay. You know, yeah. like Brian was saying, uh, like the construction of the scenes, it's it's all clearly shot on a soundstage and it's it's like highly stylized, mm-hmm. uh, very beautiful, but clearly artificial. I mean, uh, wait a minute. Are you saying there's not a, a part of architecture in France with giant penises? That's right. Columns or whatever those were. Well, they they do have cathedrals and oh, altars. That's sure. Much you know, the same. it's yeah. really true. Like Fassbender just like took what's already there and he just he altered it ever so slightly to just make mm. it that much clearer. Mm-hmm. But it's like, yeah, it's really the world architecture is full of phalluses. Yeah, that reminds me of my the innocence that was broken when I realized the giant penis on the cover of The Little Mermaid. It was like, what? Like, this has always <laughs> been there. And I had adored that movie. And I still have that VHS tape. So I want to see it. I know. It's pretty saucy. <laughs> I mean, nothing quite like Cruel, you know, because he's a pretty smoking hot kind of dude you know I love like we're I'm with Brian here and we're looking there's just these a couple uh, stills um, that I have on pulled up and there's the one where he's got like the deep uh what do you call that like the cut of the uh, oh his uh, wife beater yeah it's like wife beater tank <laughs> oh, top yeah. it's like oh my god like you can't go any lower Right, muscle like his, shirt. Uh-huh. his nipples are at the at the door, <laughs> yeah. doorway, at the precipice, <laughs> and it's and and it's just you know uber sexy. You know, it's almost I don't know if you can. It's not it's not pornography, but it's close to it. You know, so it was uh, it was pretty steamy. Yeah, you know that's so interesting to talk about distinctions of what classifies pornography because mm-hmm. as I understand it, like legally. That it's it's images that have no redeeming value, artistic value. Oh, okay. So, um, but I think maybe what you're going for more is like it's very, it's graphic sexuality. Right. Well, and also like very obvious subject matter, and it's yeah. titillating. But I mean, it doesn't go, you know, full yeah. on. Right. It's not. Sh- not showing penetration, but definitely, you know, they fucking. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that's actually a, a pretty interesting thing. I'm, I don't think there was even a butt cheek in the film. Wait, there was, was a there? butt cheek. Was there yes, a butt cheek? it was. But not when... a butt crack. Not a butt. Well, because I, I was know. looking for a butt crack. <laughs> of course you were. <laughs> I thought when um, Corel. When Nonu um, uh-huh. sodomized yes. Corel. Yes. Like. I, I don't think that we there, actually saw his butt. No, we did And didn't. they made a point of like, he he enters the, the he lays down uh, on the, um, the table. The table the, yeah. And mm-hmm. you're, there's his underwear. But there was the, and, yeah, but there was that one scene, I think this is when Corel 
kills this other fellow for I'm not sure exactly why he killed that person by the well. Each or... man kills the thing he loves, Aaron. He, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I rem- that song has been in my head for the past few days now. <laughs> oh my god, it's such an earworm, isn't it? Oh, I know. And but then he is sort of like engaging with this other sailor i think it was another sailor and yeah. he's like taking off his pants but i'm pretty sure you saw like at least half a ass or that's something. true it was no, from a distance I, when no. when when Carell's, uh, so his friend that helped him smuggle the the cocaine okay it was coke right yes no um, it was uh oh, wait opium. Was opium opium yeah. opium mm-hmm. sorry wrong season <laughs> um he, the, his friend who helped him bring the opium uh, past the customs. Mm-hmm. That's who he killed. Okay. Which is, um, I thought, that's, that's pointless. Right. Like, yeah, he's your friend. You Y'all that? worked together before. Why would you do that? And you like each other. Right. But yeah. Did he else? just not want to pay him? I guess not. And like, he was yeah. only going to pay him like 300 bucks out of yeah. what, however well, million was it was. Of, yeah, 2000 I think. Yeah. Corral, don't be a cheap. Yeah. I mean, um, that was that's a, he had to be a killer so he could get on with being uh-huh. a killer. Uh-huh. Um, so he had to do that. But, Honestly, so it may have had more to do with him desiring him, and well, you know, I, yeah. as we know, homophobes are want to do to destroy the thing that yeah. they desire. Mm-hmm. It's true. Mike Pence. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this might go a little bit too serious here, but I was thinking about how this movie, when it was released, was sort of on the precipice of like the AIDS. Oh yeah, pandemic or pandemic. Well, it was 1982, like, so that yeah. was kind of right. just yeah, yeah. People didn't know so much. Yeah, but it's like it. It's almost like there was like foreshadowing or something yeah. with that. It's like it's almost eerie thinking about it now that yeah. this came out. Well, queer people have always been in danger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. even before AIDS. Yeah. I mean, they. Well, okay. So Brian and I were. Um, you sent me a link to an artist who. Uh, or an illustrator. Yeah, and and he's actually who it's based on George Quaintance. Oh, okay. He's he's the the <coughs> the artistic um, uh, reference. He predates um, Tama Finland because I was going to yeah. say like at a casual glance, like mm-hmm. this was shot in Tama Finland and Piran Giles, and uh-huh. uh, and and like. So one of the movies that we were possibly going to talk about was Poison. Mm-hmm. And yes. this film is like 100% an influence on the homo segment of Poison. Mm. Yes. Like this is I exactly the that world too. that's happening. Mm-hmm. And and that also um, was based on uh, a Jean Genet um, writings as well. Uh-huh. So yeah. like, I and, and, the, and the, the quality, like there's... There's a narrator who takes us through the story, mm-hmm. and there's a narrator who takes us through the other film as well, mm-hmm. and and you know they're <clears throat> like the bulk of the narration comes from the lieutenant mm-hmm. in this, which yeah. is mm-hmm. is so funny because he seems like one of the least significant characters, yeah. but yeah. I don't want to spoil the alert, but like he at the end of the film he like he like. So he takes Quirrell, like, Quirrell is my puppy. Uh-huh. And he, like, well, I take full ownership of Quirrell now because mm-hmm. this experience has happened and, and he's given up his, you know, his, his connections to these other people. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, they're sailors on a ship 
And so he, he belongs to the lieutenant anyway. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, I mean, how long was this ship going to be in town? Right. And, yeah. and, so like, and also like this was a short period of time, but it sort of seemed like a longer period of time than it would have been because they're, mm-hmm. they're just sailors in port for however long that is. Yeah. And so all of this happens on a, you know, what is it called when you go to port, port, port of call or whatever? Oh, the uh, period of time when leave. you're in, on Fleet Week. Sure, leave. This all happened in Fleet Week. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So um, uh-huh. it's a condensed time. And, like, you know, Quirrell's brother is one of the other characters. Right, right. So they have a history. And you may or may not have come to this port before, but, like, all of what happened were, like, friendships and relationships that bound happened over the course of this little week mm-hmm. or yeah. however long they're in town mm-hmm. so which is kind of an interesting thing yeah. i don't know where that takes us <laughs> i don't know if you all noticed uh but i was surprised by this Carell's brother who is the lover of the madam of the brothel mm-hmm. where where most of the action takes place is is played by the same actor as, as Gio. Yeah, yeah, his his love interest uh, murder victim, um, and uh, Jean Moreau is uh, uh, giving the brother um, a, a reading, a tarot reading, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, is kind of chuckling to herself and saying, "You have a brother, and you love him very much." And um, so there's this foreshadowing shadowing of Carell's arrival into mm-hmm. court. And the brother's denying that he has a brother, and then the brother shows up, mm-hmm. and everyone becomes fascinated with him. She was a really interesting character, as the I think, mo- like one of the only main female like characters. Yeah, the like only they're... speaking female. I yes. Think. Yeah. yeah. So didn't pass the Bechdel test, but that's okay. Still very yeah. progressive for its time, um, but she said something interesting during the movie. She seemed very homophobic. Yeah. Um, which I thought was really weird because her husband, No No, was <laughs> gay. A homo. Big yeah, No like, <laughs> And and I operate a brothel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and there. And did you see all those drag queens I in my brothel? I hate this fact. Yeah. Yeah. What? And and I'm often then reminded of how like um, homophobia and misogyny are like like cousins like they're kind oh, of related absolutely and it's like gosh like she is surrounded by queerness and uh-huh. she is homophobic and it's just it's so bizarre when that happens but it's uh-huh. like it it happens probably more often than we'd like to admit oh yeah you know? well so. and it's it's happening right under her nose but mm-hmm. she's kind of pretending that she doesn't know the deal Mm-hmm. So do you guys want to talk about the rolling the dice? Yes, yes. How can we not... I think Brian should uh, regale us with a summary. Of it's the gotta film? Be, uh, oh, well, maybe just of the dice. Or just, I, the rolling device. Device. just the rolling of the, of the okay. dice. Yeah. Okay, All right. So, um, <clears throat> you know, Jean Moreau... Same, uh, same rules as Dungeons & Dragons. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. This happens in every basement across the country. <laughs> 
<laughs> and that's why no. your mother doesn't want you playing but, Dungeons yeah, and Dragons. Yeah, very quickly, there is like parental fear of Dungeons and Dragons. There is. is. Yeah, it's it's shocking because that game is is so innocent. I mean, I yeah. know a lot of people, including my boyfriend, who like to play that game. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, oh, come on, guys. If if you want to guarantee that your son is not getting laid, you <laughs> will get him a Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. I'm sorry, I don't mean that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, they're writing hate mail as we speak. Oh Ryan. no! Uh-oh, we're You're going to get so many <laughs> letters. <laughs> so okay, we need a summary of the dice scene. So um, <clears throat> the rule at and now this is the sad part. I can't think of the name of the bar, but um, the I've rule of too. the yeah. rule of the bar is that um, if you have a desire for Lysiane, then you have to roll dice with Nono, her husband, and um, if he wins, then he gets to sodomize you. Can you describe Nono for us, Brian? Um, well, he's like a really hunky Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> totally. Which, um, I noticed that during the profile scene while he's sodomizing Corell, I was like, oh, my God. I wonder how much Neil deGrasse Tyson got paid to do this film. <laughs> and he looked awesome. Uh-huh. Um, so, uh, <clears throat> <laughs> extra hunky Neil. Totally. Is, um, he works the bar. And, like, he comes into work in a jacket, and then he takes off his jacket. And, like, he, he has a whole ceremony of preparing to be the evening bar. Like, he wears plenty mm-hmm. of jewels, mm-hmm. and he slides off all of his jewels, his watch and everything, and takes off his jacket. And then um, does he take off a shirt and put on a T-shirt, or just underneath his formal shirt he has, a, like, a muscle T-shirt? Mm-hmm. And then he puts all his jewels back on, and then he begins the evening. Mm-hmm. And so then... Um, if you want to um, have uh, Lysiane as your lover, um, you have Who's to... Who's the madam? She's mm-hmm. the madam, yeah. And and so it's her, her bar, and so he's... And, and so probably endless in that is that, like, you know, he's a former lover from years ago that mm-hmm. she decided to keep as the guy to operate because it's yeah. her place. Mm-hmm. And um, so... Uh, <clears throat> you uh you have to roll the dice and if you you know if you have the high number then you can you know have your affair with Lysiane. and if you get the low number then no no gets to sodomize you mm-hmm. and so when in the meeting of Corel, Corel purposely turned the dice down lower oh i didn't know so that. that yeah you hear it that. click on the table oh wow yeah. Okay, okay. It's like, you know, like wrestling for dominance. And sometimes, yeah. like, gotcha. people people might want to be on bottom. Yeah. Or then sometimes <laughs> you're like, we're wrestling for dominance, but, like, I also have to go to dinner tonight. So. <laughs> oh, I, I lost. <laughs> How long is this going to take? <laughs> I've got other shit to do tonight. All right. Um, yeah, that was a very titillating scene <laughs> in the movie. Yeah. Um, because it you have this real buildup of tension where, you know, you can tell that um, Cruel is uh, interested and curious and it's yeah. like it's all building up to that. And then he's kind of like, 
you know, these moments when he's like, he's, he's allowing it to happen, but he, there's just like a, enough resistance to keep it interesting. And it's like, total, oh, so hot. It's so erotic. Like chase me, chase me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause he, he's also like, he loses on purpose and then mm -hmm. he announces to no, no, like, mm -hmm. uh, by the way, like you don't get to kiss me and no, no. Yeah. like, yeah, yeah. It goes without saying. Yeah. So, so they're, they're being sexual and yeah. they're trying to avoid intimacy because yeah. being intimate would also indicate that they were queer. Mm -hmm. And and there's that drop off of status mm -hmm. when uh, when you acknowledge queerness. Because don't they have like a like a knife fight before? They're like just like about to kill each other. Like, yeah. Oops. There's a lot there's okay. a lot of like yeah. Do you think okay, so I am not a queer man. Um, like, I'm just curious, like, you're, is you're close, very close, I'm very close. Though. You're very, very close, Erin. But I'm sort of like, as I was watching this, I thought, is this the dynamics that can happen? Or is this just sort of Hollywood? <laughs> Only on a really bad date. <laughs> <laughs> so generally, you boys are nice to one another. Yeah. Sometimes. Like, okay. Okay, I guess it depends on the person that you're... Well, you know what? With. I mean, like, being in the closet can be really dangerous. Oh, yeah. And, and I feel like the most frightening uh, interactions I've had are with closeted men who are in, like, inner conflict with what they want, and and they can get real freaky like that. Okay. So, um, yeah, it's... It wasn't unfamiliar, I have to say. Like it, it's absurd, uh, and it, but it's not unfamiliar. Like I've been in situations like this. Okay. Do you no? Go ahead, Brian. You go uh, ahead. I mean, expanding on that briefly. Like I mean, essentially, fag bashing is mm -hmm. the same yeah. shit. Like why? Why would you be so upset about the existence of homosexual in your proximity mm -hmm. that yeah. you have to kill it mm -hmm. because? Right. Yeah, but um. Each man kills the thing he yeah, loves. I mean, in in um, in legal courts, they call it gay panic. Oh when, yeah. When when uh, say you've had some experience or you're near some experience, and maybe you know maybe you have sex, maybe you don't, but it, your desire might cause you to stamp out like the other person, the object of your desire, mm -hmm. or maybe like post-coitus, mm -hmm. you have a lot of, a wave of shame that comes over mm -hmm. and you feel like, you know, you, you, you're under threat, mm -hmm. you know. Um, it's an interesting subject. I don't know if I'm quite prepared to talk about it. <laughs> well, yeah. I, so what I thought was also fascinating about that dynamic is that there's something about the fact that there's this forbidden quality about the relationships that play on the screen mm -hmm. that it heightens the the um, eroticism, and mm -hmm. <clears throat> not to say that this is healthy, okay? Right, but right. But like, there's something about that that it's like it's a, it's taboo, and right, you know, it sort of heightens it a bit, and well, that. Go ahead. Yeah, like, sorry, sorry. Just to say, like, fear and mm -hmm. adrenaline can mm -hmm. really play into, like, getting somebody in the mood for sex. Yeah. Well, actually, they say if you want to have a successful first date, first date you should take the person to, like, an amusement park and go on roller coaster rides uh -huh. and, like, have, like, an adrenaline experience together. And uh -huh. then you'll probably, like, end up fucking maybe uh, more likely. At wow. The end. But... 
Or holding her hair while she vomits. <laughs> yeah. So or both. You can do both. <laughs> yeah, you can do both. Well, what I thought was, and I don't know if this is um, intentional or not, but the name No-No mm-hmm. obviously implies like no-no. Like taboo. Yeah. And so I'm reading, I've got this book over here that, I, that I've that i started, and it's called Hurts So Good. Mm-hmm. And it's all about, it's called The Science and Culture of Pain on Purpose. Um, so wow. I, I'm sharing my, this is my sort of... Your bedtime uh, reading? My bed, no, <laughs> quite literally, my bedtime reading. It's absolutely fascinating, but, and the author goes into a lot of different types of painful experiences that we engage with on purpose, like eating spicy food or running uh-huh. a marathon or even like certain types of love. And um, the thing that I thought was the most fascinating that hadn't occurred to me because I've thought about this subject on more than one occasion because uh-huh. sometimes I think about pain as an artist and how we're sort of like torturing ourselves sometimes in the studio at you know like when we really had to like push through something and that's really true it's really you know it's like you don't really want to do it but you know you got to finish it uh-huh. Uh-huh. for whatever reason and so well, you're working toward that climax, exactly. that exchange of chemicals. Yes, and it feels really good after. But the author makes a note that she said that um, pain is kind of a curious experience because it's really the only time that you are going to be with one single thought mm-hmm. in that one moment. <laughs> like when you are in pain, you're not thinking about anything else but that. And it's like, when the fuck? Do we just think about one thing? And it's like, never. We're always That's thinking <laughs> about all this other crap. And right. I'm like, gosh, like maybe there is something to this, like this experience of pain and being like lost in the moment. And then you have the relief. You feel better after you have the painful experience. Uh-huh. And I think that Cruel, after <laughs> the rolling of the dice, had the relief and the the um, he experienced the pleasure that come, can come after pain. And I just, uh-huh, uh-huh. and it's just like this light bulb went off my head. Oh, yeah. My, um, my little brother used to tell this joke uh, about this guy who was uh, beating his head against the wall. Uh-huh. And somebody said, hey, hey, stop. Why are you doing that? And he goes, oh, because it feels so good when I stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, you know what's weird is that, so Ben's, uh, he has a, a two um, one-year-old um, twin nephews. I'm going to try yeah. to get that right. And mm-hmm. one of them, they're both very different personality-wise already, but one of them will bang his head against the floor. Boom, uh-huh. boom. I mean, he's one year old, and he's already, like, hurting himself. And we just look at him like, what is the fuck? Pass <laughs> that kid a pillow. <laughs> I it's wild, but like it's in us from early on to do something like that. Huh. You know, it's and like it's sensation. He, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Yeah. Wow. And the the other one is always slapping the back of his head. <laughs> <laughs> Cain and Abel. <laughs> They're enablers. Um, yeah, I mean, but and it's like okay, maybe attention seeking or something. But yeah. I mean, it looks like it's kind of you know, like you know, that head looks kind of still a bit squishy. We might want to be careful. <laughs> yeah. With that one, oh my gosh. Yeah, they're not going to look so much alike after yeah. all. 
and in this going back to the book really quickly um the last chapter i, I read was specific about um spicy food and the mm-hmm. um spiciest pepper which is the oh, california ghost, uh, it was a california ghost reefer it's oh, not shit. the ghost pepper there's a spicy i don't know about one. the california reefer yeah reaper or re- reefer i can't remember but it's okay. like ridiculously spicy and the author um, decides to eat one. She is alone in her car and is going to like document the experience. And <laughs> she said that all she could think about was that she just had to write the word no a million times in this book. Like, no, 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 no. And just Shit. started screaming how horrible. And it lasts for about 40 minutes. Did she eat the whole pepper? She ate the whole pe- pe- pepper. She, it was ridiculous. And didn't spit it out. And it's like, you can really get hurt, I yeah. think, from something like See, that. I feel like anal is so much safer. <laughs> it, it really is. Unless your partner just had one of those peppers. Oh, and, and started the experience with a kiss. Oh, oh, and God. Then, oh, God. It's a difference story definitely want to wash your hands definitely for sure um you know i wanted to say that like this film being from 1982 Mm -hmm. i think i saw it in 1986 and i'd not heard of it and i saw it in a movie theater and it was it was like the most i don't even think i'd seen gay pornography at that point and it was like it was kind of Mm mind-blowing you know like i couldn't believe i was in like a theater watching this. And, um, you know, I think I saw Satyricon, uh, the Fellini film, around the same time. And both of them had, like, queer relationships and mm-hmm. uh, and queer characters. And that, I just have to tell you, like, growing up in Louisiana mm. <laughs> and in that time period, like, there was no gay visibility. Like, the, like it was really um wild to like kind of unearth these these things through these films it was it was super exciting but uh also kind of (laughs) with a with a lack of material you know like kind of like thinking about that as like preliminary exposure to gay culture Mm -hmm. uh like that being the only education i i could see like trying to model my behavior after Corel would be um, <laughs> really <Yeah>. like <laughs> terrible or wild yeah. or something. But so so maybe like the style, the highly stylized oh, uh, yeah. production mm-hmm. of it, like helps you kind of see it as like a dream or something mm-hmm. that's not quite reality. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like and everything stylized about it. It's like the way the characters kind of uh, very kind of wooden mm-hmm. performances but on but intentionally almost like a like a, a like a style of theater like um, yeah like a greek chorus or yeah. uh yeah um so it's a it's a fascinating film like that as a as a work of art i feel like it's really valuable hyde what did you think about some of the religious um references that what came did up? i miss oh my gosh what the, the passion play yeah and, um, Were you when, just blocking that out, maybe, because of your... I've got a lot of Catholic problems. <laughs> yes, he does. I, I do, yeah. <laughs> Trauma. He's perceived um, as Catholic. Is, uh, well, explain to our listeners what you're talking about. <clears throat> well, um, so uh, I think... Uh, did we hang up on high? No, no, no. We're no, fine. I'm oh, here. Oh. Yep. Um, <clears throat> so, I mean, there were plenty of religious imageries, but... Um, 
Like there was a, a, a passion play procession and that happened oh, at the time. Yeah. Was that during when Corell was killing his friend? I think his friend might have been I named Vic. He was fighting his brother or there was something going on. Okay. Yeah, because they yeah he was mm. fighting with uh, Robert, his brother, mm-hmm. and yeah. and then you know and they were going to you know have they both had knives mm-hmm. and they were you know talking to each other and like you know waiting for an excuse not to kill each other, mm-hmm. uh-huh. um, and then there this procession came by, and um, and there was a sailor in the procession like there was up front there was another person. Uh, walking carrying a cross and then there was like a whole procession of people and then there within there there was a another sailor uh carrying a cross and i was like oh you think like oh did they like sneak away and jump into the procession Mm -hmm. but it it was just the passing by and then they went back to their fight but then there was like a police whistle which brought it to an end (coughs) but then also um when uh geo is um his lover that his his friend that he's in love with is Roger, oh, yeah, the, the younger boy. boy. Yeah. And um, and so they're at a, a a bar where they were having drinks, and Joe's drunk and like excessive, mm-hmm. and they're about to leave. And as they're leaving, his the the crew that he works with are coming in, and his boss, who has like been like his, he's his boss's puppy. And so they have this exchange at the door and um, he asks if like, are you buying, like, are you going to buy us drinks tonight? And that was part of like, they had just had this conversation with Roger where like he wasn't going to let, um, and I don't know what the boss's name was, buy him drinks anymore. He was going to be free of him. Right, right. And so then they meet each other at the door as they're going out and they're coming in. And he said, are you buying tonight? Because I'm here with somebody. Mm-hmm. And, and they like talk for a minute. And then he's, that's when he slits his throat. Mm-hmm. And then the the rest of the crew grab him. And like he's in a deposition. He's oh, like, yeah. you know, holding mm-hmm. his arms out straight. And his, mm-hmm. you know, head falls over. And so it's like a deposition. And then and there's a few other uh, religious yeah. images within it. I think some yeah. of the music felt very... Oh, touchy. yeah. There was yeah. like... And that was at the... Um, <clears throat> I was really super conscious of it at the beginning. Like, there's like a, a chorus of voices towards... In, in the background, like, you know, just kind of surging you through the experiences. And, yeah. and like, the experiences are like little capsules. Of, and then, like, within this capsule we're going to say these suite of things and we're just sort of, you know, like a, like a, a play, like we're going to stand here and say these things mm-hmm. and, and, you know, our, our interactions with each other are physically awkward. Mm-hmm. And, and so like, we're, we're, you know, we're on a stage and we're supposed to do these things and people have to see us from some distance. So we're, you know, we're not going to do ambiguous body gestures to each other. We're going to just stand and shout our lines mm-hmm. which is sort of interesting and then like then and there's this chorus behind it sort of like just pushing you along like surges of oh, oh. Yeah, yeah so yeah. i don't yeah. know how we can like let people hear that stuff but yeah they can watch the movie and there's yeah and and it's on hbo if anybody cares to uh-huh. to watch this one too um but um one thing that came up at the beginning with the lieutenant is i noticed he was Coming through some art historical images, mm-hmm. um, and one of them, I believe, is Michelangelo's David, like cropped oh, yeah. in of like yes. his abs. 
Oh. And and then it kind of ties back to the religious thing a little bit because a lot of these artists, you know, would be commissioned by the church, like obviously Sistine Chapel uh-huh. by Michelangelo. Uh-huh. And it's like, they're pretty sexy figures, you know, when you look oh, yeah. at them. And, and I don't uh. think the Pope was particularly fond of the Sistine Chapel because there's oh. so much nudity and like you like know. this pope which pope? francis oh shoot i don't know whoever commissioned or basically twisted oh. the arm oh. of okay. michelangelo Is that, that might have been de medici or uh sorry the yeah, borgia pope possibly um, uh the he was not so nice that's all i know okay okay and so yeah michelangelo was sneaky yeah you'll have to watch the agony and the ecstasy to oh see okay that. <laughs> yeah yes. okay so Michelangelo was sneaking in a homoeroticism oh, yeah. in the same way the animators were sneaking in phalluses into the uh, Little Mermaid. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I, and I don't know if that was intentional or not, but it's like it's there. And then I think that we can still read it as being, you know, erotic um, yeah. within the context of, you know, religious space. And so there's something, you know, like those two have held hands together. You know, it's uh-huh. not like that's the first time we've seen pornography and religion. Like, well, and a yeah. lot of Hindu <laughs> art is very graphic. Yeah. So Well, e- ecstasy, too, being yeah. like, it oh, could yeah. be a spiritual experience. It could be a, an experience yeah, of the, the flesh. Yeah, the uh, mm. ecstasy of St. Teresa. I was thinking Teresa. It's but, Teresa. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. That slut Teresa. <laughs> Um, you know what? I'm just recalling, too, that there's a moment when I, f- I feel like there's a scene when Carell is telling Nono that he wants to be laid out across his lap mm-hmm. like La Piata. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But totally. that's not that's when he's going to have sex with the police chief. That's right. With Because, uh, okay, like, okay, he's okay. already had yes. his okay. way with them. Um, no, no. We got to talk about, like, okay, I'm pretty sure the YMCA group came before before this movie. <laughs> but I just, you the, mean can't stop the music like, with the, the reference to leather culture the, and the way the cop is dressed with the bruise yeah there's like what I loved is that um now I don't know uh, if I'm pronouncing his name the, the 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 guy the murderer the other murderer is I keep thinking Gilles but that might be too fancy and he always had the hard hat on uh-huh. for pretty much the whole film. And I'm like, yeah. we get it. You're in construction. Like, you can take the hard hat off when you're in hiding. <laughs> but but they want to stock care. They're on stage. Oh, yeah, they are. And I get now, like, now that I, I'm sort of thinking about the fact that those, they're actor, one actor playing two different parts. So it's important mm-hmm. that, like, one had the mustache and the other one had the helmet. Right. Except for when he's playing a guy with the Ex- And then he put, yeah. So there's a confusing <laughs> moment there. It's true. Yeah. But I just, it's like, oh, my gosh, all these tropey images, you know. I'm like, where is the Native American who needs to come <laughs> in and, like, complete this ensemble? <laughs> Well, you know, it's 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 about um, drag and uh-huh. gender roles and toxic masculinity. Yeah. Where, where like, you, you know, you can't be soft. You mm-hmm. can't really be who you are. You mm-hmm. adopt this type to exist in this under uh, subculture mm-hmm. uh, because, like, you know, people are into, like, this type. 
So yeah. that's what you become. Yeah. You know. Well, it, that I think that's one of the saddest parts of the movie is all of these figures that have to, you know, pretend to, you know, oh, yeah. be yeah. super well, masculine and I'm yeah. gonna fuck that pussy and I'm just yeah. like, no, you're not. Yeah. Right. Like, come on. Well, you realize how dangerous it is to be to be recognized, to be seen as a queer. Mm -hmm. So you're going to, yeah, like like the most erotic scenes are when um, the the construction worker is looking at the pretty boy and talking about how much he wants to fuck his sister. Sister, yeah. But their their faces are like three inches. It's too bad you're not a girl. Uh huh. Yeah. Too bad you're not you're a girl. You're as pretty as a girl. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, and yeah. you know, I mean, you know, we think about this cliche of a sailor being queer, but like, and like the film suggests at one point, you know, with the absence of women, like there probably was a lot of, you know. Yeah. Sexy, but it's also like happening. chicken or the egg. Like, oh, okay. are they yeah. at sea yeah. without women, right. and then they have to rely on male companionship, yeah. or are they not interested in women? So they're like, I'm gonna go get on a boat with a bunch of dudes. Yeah. Well, and that's I mean, what the lieutenant, the lieutenant yeah, yeah, he implied that that's why he that, yeah. that role suited him because he didn't have to hide from the whole why aren't you getting married? And I was like, dang, I should become a lieutenant. That's a good. <laughs> that's a good uh <laughs> out for them. you know so yeah. it makes it obvious that these men are having to operate you know in all these different you know like scenarios and and it's just it it's really kind of it's a like it's fun to kind of see out but it's a bummer to think that you know this is something that still takes place today uh-huh so. and, and and also, you know, like, there, so there's totally the heteronormative <laughs> queer person that lives in the suburbs, adopts <laughs> children, like, you know, is very, like, scrubbed up, and they mm. take uh, pictures for holidays so they can send uh, postcards out, <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. and, and then, you know, there's the other end of the spectrum where it's very underground and coded and particular about like sex roles mm -hmm. um and i what was i going to say you said it was unfortunate oh, that like yeah. i i feel like it's very hard for someone to integrate both of those things like mm -hmm. uh, like a happy life and a a really active sex life <laughs> i don't know if there's like room that, that might happen yeah. for everybody not just queers well uh -huh. right right because uh -huh. a lot of times like it's funny erin you're going to all these weddings and uh -huh. you know like people kind of joke about like you know how many times you have sex before you get married and how much <laughs> sex, how much sex you have after you get married uh -huh. you know um, so yeah, there is something about like domestic coupling that could really kill a sex vibe. Well, there and what's really <laughs> unfortunate, and this is way off base a little bit, but like there's and and um, Dan Savage speaks about this sometimes, where he's really against the bachelor bachelorette parties because they suggest that like, well, that's it, like right, there goes the last your hurrah. pleasure, and yeah, it's like what that's so fucked up. Mm -hmm. Um, so mm -hmm. it's sort of a, I mean, I, I've never been married, so I don't know. Um, yeah. I know a lot of people who are, I know a lot of people who aren't. Mm -hmm. Um, Brian, you might have something, cause you did a body of work about nuptials. You did a show yeah. at Road 2. I don't know if you have any <clears throat> insight into that 
construct that we built for ourselves. No. Talk about that show, Brian. Yeah. Well, I mean, I will talk about that show, but um, and that I mean, that was a, a suite of portraits of um, Taro and Milan, who are lovely human beings, and they were getting married. Mm-hmm. And um, and but my not in Hi- the picture. Get to the honeymoon. But but like my friend Hyde there performed their wedding. And um, poorly, <laughs> poorly, as I understand. very poorly. I'm so sorry, Taro and Milan. Um, but you know, it happens. <laughs> and 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 my friend Hyde is like wishes that he was more, you know, structural about the experience. But um, like I've married a handful of people, mm-hmm. and I was like, during the ceremony, mm-hmm. I make a point of like. The pause is a really mm, long time. I've heard that pause like, before. Yeah. I, I mean, there is, it's the 21st century. You're just leaving room. <clears throat> there is no reason that you are compelled to mm-hmm. be married. Mm-hmm. If you want to do this, I'm not going to stand in your way and mm-hmm. I will help you <laughs> accommodate your goal. But mm-hmm. like, there's zero, like, the the past is over. Like, you, pe- women are not property right. being transformed. Yeah. Um, the there aren't there aren't rules that say that you have to be married to have sex right. you you don't have you have to be married to form a family you <laughs> like you choose to do this and and for a little bit um when i was younger um <clears throat> Wait, you were born in 1988. What are you talking about? That's <laughs> true. So, like, it's always been fun since my whole life. Um, so, like, I read picture, read movies about um, people in the past when gay marriage wasn't a thing. Uh-huh. Um, back then, in the Stone Age. Um, <clears throat> like, uh, I had some friends who were really actively, like, interested in gay marriage. And I'm like, what? A, how uh-huh. tiresome. Why do you want to do that? Mm-hmm. Like, why do you want to embrace this... <laughs> construct of a, like a society that like they loathe you mm-hmm. they don't want you in their park like I don't want to be in your park mm-hmm. right. and I was I'm, I thank the Supreme Court for deciding that everybody gets to be married but I really 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 was hoping that they were going to go up there and say you're right mm-hmm. churches be as discriminatory uh-huh. as you like uh-huh. incidentally we only can observe um civil unions mm-hmm. like contracts between citizens mm-hmm. we we can recognize that shit what y'all do in your church is your own business so mm-hmm. be yes. as and incidentally right. so all of you people you're not legally married well, like, i was gonna say uh, right like, just get rid of it so yeah. and then at that minute like you'd watch everybody kind of like oh my god this, this is so miserable i'm out of here i know and then oh other people god. having panics and this terror <laughs> Break down when, when you society. go to the kitchen in the middle of the night and uh-huh. you turn on the lights and roaches run. That's what that's what married people would be like. This was funny. Wow. So at Thanksgiving, because you know Thanksgiving's always amazing, and I have, uh, like most people, a very racist, awful uncle, and it's it's so, it's so cliche. A stock character. It's like where was the racist uncle in Corel? Oh my God! I know. Mm. Hmm. I think so, he was also the police chief. Or could have been Lysanne or uh, Lysan. Right. Um, she is right. sort of. Hmm. But um, so. Well, she was. Her pride yeah. was wounded. That yes. was her thing. Yes. Yeah. So, but anyway, so um, 
uh, we are, you know, of course, forcing each other to see one another on this very special day called Thanksgiving. <laughs> and, and I'm just like, get me out of here. But finally, you know, somebody mentions the fact that Ben and I are building this house so that we can afford to move to Portugal, hopefully in the near future. And he's like, well, you're going to have to get married first. And I was like, eh? I'm like, why? And like, did it work out well for you? Like, you're miserable. <laughs> like, I just, I, this is not an endorsement does at he, all. Does he know something about Portuguese uh, immigration law? Uh, why is he saying you need to get I, married? He's just being a jackass. I mean, he's just like, well, tradition. And, you know, if you're going <laughs> to move to Portugal, then you should get married because that's what people do. It's like, get the fuck out of here, dude. <laughs> yeah. Like, Hey, it's Saturday. You want to get married? <laughs> oh my God. And it's, you know, yeah. it's just like, well, okay, because you did it. That means everybody's got to do it. Or it's just, it just devalues what you did. And it's exactly. Like, if we want to get married, we will get married. And if we don't, we don't. And nothing will change. I mean, like, maybe something yeah. will change, but like, it's none of your business. You'll stop having sex. <laughs> yeah, I know. No. Your uncle just wants you to stop having sex because it's he a tradition. Was e yes, and he wants everybody to be as equally miserable as he is. So, yeah. there. But I've, I only have to see that man twice a year, and it's coming up again, and I'm dreading it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know what, Aaron? I'm, I'm, I'm really, I want to liberate you from that idea. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I can, but... You don't from, have to be around awful people. Oh yeah, I thought you meant from. And marriage. you don't have to go to weddings anymore either. I do because I, <laughs> I I'm in love with a man who has a lot of friends who oddly enough all wanted to get married at the same time. <laughs> and, and sometimes they the should one, have done a Mooney thing, like yeah. done it all at once. That I would have wish. been fun. Well, unfortunately, a lot of his friends don't know each other, so it would have been a weird, even more fun, even more fun. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but you know, it's a it's a thing that. It's a you just sometimes as adults you gotta do things that you don't want to do or they're not your favorite thing. But every once in a while I do enjoy getting up there and dancing. And I'm like, all right, you know, <laughs> it is we're fun having, to dance at a wedding. It's kind of fun. I was like, you know, I'm having a few drinks. Um, but yeah. generally, I, I find the 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 traditions of it and the the status quo parts of it to be revolting basically mm -hmm. and I have my own trauma with like wedding so like I'm bringing that to the table but so have that... you had to be a flower girl a lot when you're a child no, <laughs> no but I do have a wedding dress somewhere out there and it's probably in my grandmother's house I I'm sorry Erin I, uh, <laughs> I put it on and I split it up it the don't side. fit anymore <laughs> It's, yeah, it's I wrecked it. Oh I'm sorry. Goodness. You know, my favorite wedding was Andrea and um, Eric. Eric's. Eric's. Yeah, I loved that wedding because it was so chill. And it was just like a lot of people who enjoyed each other's company. And we all brought food. And I just thought it was beautiful, you know. Yeah. And so I wish all weddings could just be like a fun party to go to. Yeah. And not this like, well, you have to wear this. And you got to uh, do that. And you got to Fuck bring, those people. And you got to... You know, mm. pay this much for that present. Stop it. Like, no, no. Ah. Just say no. Just so say no. Ben knows that if we <laughs> do get married, that all the traditions must go out the window. And it must just be like the most either ridiculous thing or just like not a big, like. You have to arrive at the ceremony on horseback <laughs> and you're both naked. <laughs> oh 
Um, and I then propose... your horses fight to the death. Oh I propose that Hyde and I, should y'all decide to okay, get married, okay. uh, and we're not encouraging you to do so, <laughs> but if you do get married, oh. Hyde and I will co-perform the ceremony. Oh, okay. And we will take a suite of vow segments and put them in a tumbler. Oh my God, yes. And we will roll them. And yes. we will pull out, yes. we'll, like, we'll roll a dice, yeah. and then we'll say how many slips Dude, we're going to pull out. I, and then we will yeah. roll them and we'll pull out those and those will be your vows. It'll be <laughs> eternal promise. It'll be bingo. like a, what's that? Um, what's that one uh, game that you play where you fill in the blanks and then it sounds all ridiculous? Mad libs. Mad libs. Yeah, it'll be a little bit. But you know, I went to a wedding um, a few, maybe it was about a year ago, where I actually laughed. Dear, while the bride was walking down the aisle, <laughs> I swear to God, and it's, I, it's because. They played a song. Will you still from... love me tomorrow? No, it was a song from the movie Moulin Rouge, oh. sung by Ewan McGregor, and I'm like, oh. I just could not not laugh at that, and it just blurted out. And luckily, we were all wearing masks, so it was a little bit muffled. But like, <laughs> what I was... was the song? It was a. It was like. Oh, I forget which song it was. It was the main song from that movie that you and McGregor and I'm like, you and McGregor singing your like on tape, obviously, at your wedding. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like it's a it's a fun movie, but like at your wedding. Yeah, I don't know if I want that kind of insight. Not part of the actual ceremony. That's a ceremony. Oh. Yeah, I was like, yeah. Mm, I don't know, guys. Yeah. I told Ben, I was like, if we have a ceremony, I want like some crazy ass instrument, like a zither or something playing like something weird and annoying a zither and, a vacuum cleaner <laughs> <laughs> or or like the bagpipes like i just wanted to be weird as fuck um if if that ever does well happen. now that brian and i are wedding uh, yeah. planners <laughs> and, and we have count we've, on we've it. expanded on our 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 escape clause okay. so now like, ah! we'll say like you know uh-huh. we'll give our spill about how yeah. no one is required to get married but yes. then we'll go on to say, and of course you realize this will curtail your sex life. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we might have to think about that. So if you like it yeah. in the sack, you <laughs> might want to hold that. <laughs> that almost rhymed. Going back to the movie just a little bit, because what yeah. I enjoyed at the beginning was this <laughs> acknowledgement that no, no, and Lisan had an open relationship. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, like I bet people's like ears and eyes exploded in the 1980s <laughs> with that concept. Cause now it's still, it's starting to become a, a thing. thing. Um, yeah. But I remember explaining this concept to my grandmother and I'm like, well, grandma. You, God, you're brave. I know. I know. <laughs> She she um, has trouble with memory, so she doesn't remember anyway. <laughs> so I can tell her anything. So oh, so you just, can confess terrible I things. I can't. I love her so so much. But I sometimes I just I'm honestly curious, like how she feels about certain things because it's like she's from a whole different generation. Yeah. And it's like, Grandma, how do you feel about people having open relationships? Like, what do you think about that? And so, and then I also did that to her and my mom. We both talked, had to explain this concept that large asses were like a thing. (laughs) (laughs) Were what? And her, this is like right when um, like Kim Kardashian was like becoming a part of popular culture. Uh And we were having to explain. How did that woman get some in her ass? (laughs) Well, she went to a. And it's like, Grandma, some women want to make their asses bigger. She's like, 
what? And I'm like, yes, it's a thing. She's just, uh-huh. her mind could not compute with uh-huh. that as like an 80-year-old person. It just didn't make yeah. any sense. And I right. think it's just kind of interesting to see somebody, you know, to be confronted with, with modernity. She, like that. she might be the voice of reason. She definitely like, is. Against this, like... Yeah. Thing that we've all come to accept as a new normal body. You can get a pillow. You don't need. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, you can get ass. padded pants, like jeans yeah. and stuff. And... I have a very good friend who has a butt pad that he wears oh, out sometimes. Oh my goodness! Because he was born without a butt. Oh, you know, I like all types of bodies, and so I just I'm and I'm never one who's gonna be like, oh, it's got to be this way and that way. I just it's like love your body. It's gonna be different than everybody else's. And it's okay, you know. Like I'm a string being, and I'm fine with that. Yeah. So you know. Yeah. <laughs> if listeners don't know Erin personally, <laughs> she actually has a huge I fat do. ass. Oh, yeah. I do. I can we barely, barely get both the door. sit on this yes. bench. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for saving me. Brian is in. sitting on part of Erin's ass <laughs> on the shelf. <laughs> You too. Uh, well, <laughs> hey, I, I know that we were talking for just a second about the show the movie. you did at Row oh, 2 yeah. at the woodcuts of uh, Taro and Milan mm-hmm. as your muses in uh, in the wedding bed or what have mm-hmm. you. Like, um, But did you want to talk more about the um, the erotic nature of your work and how that relates to Corel? Um, sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 um, well, uh, in review, like, like I've, I've seen this movie a handful of times and I loved it. And um, <clears throat> so here's important things to say real quick that I can't go without saying. Um, we have a suite of cats and our last uh, head cat, um, her name was, her. this is her entire for, formal name, okay. and we never use all of it, but her entire formal name is her ladyship, Sweet Piglet Pussy Paulette. Uh, <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> which is the bastardization of one of the things that um, G said to um, Roger when talking about, like, you know, he, the whole time he's like, I'm, I'm wanting to make love with you, but I'm talking about how I really need to be with your... Um, sister Mm -hmm. sweet pussy piglet Paula (laughs) (laughs) and and like um I jumbled the words um because like you know and you know you see a film and like (laughs) you internalize the things but like the actual order of it isn't exactly the same even and like even um Jim Rose uh um song which is uh, an Oscar Wilde poem Mm -hmm. that um I quote it all the time, but I quote it wrong. Mm -hmm. But I quote it, it's still accurate. She doesn't say patam, 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 patam. That's Edith P.F. But but it's like, if she says, ta-da, 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 ta-da. But like, I think patam, patam is better. But um, but like, that's the thing I say all the time. And um, and our, our, our cat's name is Piglet from from this and she was a really smart cat she was a delightful human being. yeah yeah and and uh, i really wanted to fuck her <laughs> oh yeah of course you did <laughs> sweet piglet you know, pussy I, paulette 
<laughs> I wanted to mention that we never see Paulette except in pictures that the police chief is yeah. looking at, right? Yeah. And and so like we were actually discussing that a little earlier, we being Brian Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, that like <laughs> I I don't remember Paulette really being in it. And I took a quick look at internet um database and like she has a credit because mm-hmm. I was thinking like is is the pictures are the pictures that they're using they're just pictures of some girl mm. or is that actually Paulette because like you know I I there's nothing in the film that besides if that really is her in the pictures that is compelling that there really is a Paulette mm-hmm. like you know the uh-huh. nature of their relationship is that like yeah, you and I are going to have sex, but we're going to pretend mm. that there's the promise of a girl joining us. Mm. And 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 uh-huh. that's like a ridiculous thing because like you're not going to bring your sister to an orgy. Mm-hmm. Um, right. and, <laughs> <laughs> so, and then mildly related to this. So um, like I've seen this film several times and I love it. But like I wanted to have a refresher viewing of it, and it was a busy week, mm-hmm. and um, so my sister was visiting. <laughs> so she was sitting next to me while we were having oh, like, okay, Colleen, wow. we have to um, like do my homework. Like I must watch this film because I have to talk about it tomorrow. And so my poor sister oh, is no. sitting there watching this. That like she didn't care about Corel. Oh. <laughs> She didn't enjoy the film, or um, she was fine with it. She was, she was also yeah. tired and she fell asleep. Yeah. But, um, wow, really? Gosh. It takes a lot to keep our family up. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what was your question? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I feel like we kind of got there. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it was just more about like, um, okay, so you know, Aaron brought up at the very start of the podcast that you had a list of films that you were trying to choose. Yeah. From. Oh yeah, and um, you know, Carell is very much present, like you said, in Todd Haynes's Poison, mm-hmm. which was was a, a potential to talk about but i know like you love films and so do you want to list a few films you had considered talking oh, about? oh yeah our our list included and um and depending on how this goes um i would i would happily do this but i know that you've got plenty of other people to talk to oh. um that we originally were going to talk about logan's run um yes and we were going to do that with this particular uh, parameters that we were going to talk about it based on our childhood memories. Then we were going to break, watch the movie and then discuss mm-hmm. um, how disappointing it is to see. <laughs> so if you want to ruin, first of all, if you haven't seen Logan's run, please do. I need to watch and that. Yeah. If, if you have, and you loved it and Fort Worth, um, yeah. and if you have, and you loved it, don't ever watch it. Mm. Don't ruin a, you have a perfectly good childhood mm. memory. There is no reason to ever, ever, ever look at that again. Very um, true. Very true. And uh, so also in casual glancing, like, um, you know, I did a, a, I've included a lot of penises in my, in my art. Um, (laughs) and um, I even like I have a book I did a hundred years ago called Places I've Never Been and it's just a little zine um, of drawings of buildings around the world with um, 
you know, you turn the the phallus construction into a penis, mm-hmm. and uh-huh. and they're lovely. <laughs> I did that um, back when I was at North Texas studying with my friend Judy Youngblood, and um, so then I was like, oh, you you take things in. And you don't <laughs> consciously like know like oh did I take that from that? Mm. Um, oh but, right. But you know like architecture has always been like a phallic display of power mm. and uh-huh. like oh, uh-huh. I don't you know I've got a lot of money but I, you know let me put this giant ugly penis here and sometimes mm. it's a beautiful penis mm-hmm. but because um, uh-huh. buildings are both beautiful and hideous and. Um, like penises. Yeah. <laughs> Very astute of you guys. You know, that that was interesting too when Jean Moreau is uh, talking to Carell about like why he doesn't have an erection mm. and she's complimenting him on his penis and the language that she's using, the way that she's talking, it's kind of shocking to mm. see this grand dame of the cinema mm-hmm. like you know, delivering these lines and, and kind of being, I don't know, do you call it like vulgar or like graphic, you know? it. I mean, it was both vulgar in that, like, in that, but also like she was discussing it like, you know, criticism of art. She like did the comparison and contrast uh, in true. a positive way mm-hmm. of the two brothers' penises. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she told him that like, you know, his was not as sizable, but it had a far more character. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> why was it reading poetry, or what was going on exactly? Like the consolation prize. Oh. <laughs> yeah, oh. but that is true. I mm-hmm. mean, some penises are yeah. like you know, they make a big entry, but like. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to make sure that our podcast was more vulgar than. Oh, good. <laughs> we knew. So we just say, fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> We're going to have to just preface this at uh, the very beginning in the description of like warning. Parental discretion. <laughs> Parental discretion denied. If you know, yeah. If you know anything about this movie, I think that you would just make that assumption right off the bat. But. Yeah. You know, um, and I, so I'm not familiar with this director, which I'm embarrassed about, but evidently he's done a lot of other films yeah. that I am also um, ignorant of. But what I, what I found out was that he died before the film was yeah. released, which is uh-huh. a bummer. Um, and I yeah. think he, um, I don't know if he committed suicide, but it was like a drug overdose or there was something. Yeah, he, he was really burning the candle at both ends mm-hmm. from what I've read. And that, yeah, he Oops. just worked around oh God, the clock, sorry. never slept. <laughs> what What now? Nothing. Nothing at all. Oh. <laughs> We're not I'll have to listen to the podcast <laughs> to find out what, what thing you just said. I will find out, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh, I, again, I had beer in my mouth and I could not swallow <laughs> We're supposed to be serious about this. Fastbinder. Yes, um, Fastbinder. Each man kills the thing he loves. Oh my God. God. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jesus, right? Yeah, I I guess it was when people, you know, 
like still took drugs to be productive. I mean, I guess people do it still. I like think if they you've do. They take Ritalin and stuff. The, yeah. 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 And, you know, biker speed and cocaine and whatever mm-hmm. else. I yeah. Always, I always think it's kind of really fascinating to look at an artist's last work mm-hmm. um, and whether they commit suicide yeah. or not. Like, it, it's always <gasps> a really insightful like view. Like Alexander McQueen's last show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like you yeah. can really kind of get a sense for uh-huh. their, 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 you know, their death. Or their well, lives. you know, part of like, uh, you know, as artists, as creative people, we all have, you know, peaks and valleys in our creative life. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, if you're, if you're trying to aid that with drugs, um, it's, it's kind of unnatural and you will pay the price. Mm-hmm. But I really enjoyed, I mean, I didn't expect to like this film so much, Brian, okay. because um, I, and I watched it alone. Because you're a big homophobe. And I, yes, of course. <laughs> you know, me and my misogyny and my homophobia. And no, I mean, I was like, dang, this is a sexy film. If Listeners, if you want something that's going to get your little pussy all wet, <laughs> does it. Your sweet pussy Paulette. Yes. Wet. It does. I was in, I was, and it, again, it wasn't, didn't take itself too seriously, but then there was enough. It was a good balance. You know, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Well, it's a, it's a feast for the eyes. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, um, they're like sexy men, but also the way that the the sets are designed with this forced perspective and these, uh, the light Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, it really, it does feel like an, like when you might say like a sex show, you know, you might think about something in a different way. But like, like I love watching stri- female strippers, and it's not that I desire f- the female body, but it's still like I can acknowledge, yeah, the performance and the sensuality and the beauty, mm-hmm. and it's really captivating for me. Mm-hmm. And and maybe part of it too is that it's a little forbidden, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So. Well, Brian, is there anything you want to plug before we wrap things up? Um, let's see. Well, um, <clears throat> I'm going to be in that show with Hyde. Yeah. And Brian and I are going to be in that show with Hyde. In, uh, at C7 at in, C7 San Antonio, in San Antonio, opening January 8th, I And uh, so I have to wrap some stuff up for that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Lorraine Toddy is curating a print show at UTD Gallery, and I'm going to be in that, cool. too. It's called Print Concepts. When is that, Brian? Prince Concepts. And um, it runs from January 14th to okay. February 12th. The reception is. So I gotta hurry up and okay. finish that piece. Uh-huh. I have a I have an awkward tent and it's pitch black right now. I've got a lot of burnishing to do. Uh, um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> is which is really euphemism? exciting because this is the first intaglio piece I've made in a while. Ooh, okay. And I used to always make really elegant intaglios. Sorry to toot my own home, mm-hmm. but like I really love the elegant line that you can do in intaglios. Mm-hmm. And there's a the piece is um, about aqua tent, which is. Um, mm-hmm. It's a really seductive mm-hmm. a process. It's like pitch. You well, you can make it pitch black, but it's like this beautiful gradation where there's little tiny dots mm-hmm. that have been eaten on the plate, and they they take a little piece of ink, and then um, so you can you can make really elegant gradations. And anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, cool. People who print love that stuff, um, and it's it's sexy. Yeah, um, and I like 
I like tactile, physically enticing things, and, and that's, that's <laughs> why I, I like what like everything. <laughs> like I mean, that's why I like a handmade object. Mm-hmm. Is that like you know I I use the computer to to uh, help me do a collage or mm-hmm. whatever, but I I do very very little. Computer is the final piece, mm-hmm. and there's uh-huh, no uh-huh. there's nothing wrong with that. It's just right. that like I. I am from last century, mm-hmm. and uh-huh. um, but you were born in 1988. What are you talking that's about? true. <laughs> <laughs> that was last century. <laughs> I guess it was, we're in the 2000s now. Shit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. But you were saying you, you prototype things digitally, yeah. but you always bring it back to the hand. Yeah, and yeah. and even even my side project, like um, <laughs> I draw those things. I don't like mm. transfer and trace. Um, uh-huh. and, and so, and I like the, you know, I like the, the distortion from the, even if you're like a, an exquisite draftsman, like the object that you're looking at, it may appear identical to the casual glancer, but it is not. And it's, it's a different uh-huh. thing. And I, I like the transition of like, here, you took in this thing and you've interpreted it. Mm-hmm. You've, and, uh-huh. and the, you know, the more off it is. Um, often is more exciting mm-hmm. that like you know it you know everything leans to the left because you're you've got like some problem with your eye or whatever <laughs> or just uh-huh. you know the the oh. the not the not bringing out the thing that's in your mind is is a beautiful thing mm-hmm. like uh-huh. like I I I think my line work is elegant, but the thing that you see is nothing compared to the thing that I've meant to do. Mm-hmm. And, and I like, that's part of the beauty of being a live human is mm-hmm. that like, you are full of flaws. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's true for everybody <laughs> and you should yeah. just be happy about that. And that, yeah. that should be a liberating thing that caused you to be mm-hmm. a better collaborator with the rest of the human race mm-hmm. instead of being like, you know, well, I mean, if, if you believe that you're full of flaws, you're never going to walk in and say, I'm right. Mm-hmm. And like, uh-huh. you know, you're just not going to start fights if you understand that you're full of flaws. Mm-hmm. And like, well, mm-hmm. so is everybody else. And we can yeah. probably resolve things as opposed to like, I'm right. Mm-hmm. So um, mm-hmm. anyway, that's the tangent. Sorry. That's beautiful. Okay. No, I like it. Uh, and it's like the, the texture of, of failure. The, oh, yeah. Like Ooh. as opposed to the the glossiness of like digital perfection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah, yeah like human. I mean, I don't want to go back to the pornography stuff, but like I think <laughs> pornography that where people look authentically human is mm-hmm. so much uh-huh. more effective than like uh, the great. airbrushed kind of you know. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's so fake looking. I don't know. Uh huh. Uh huh. Look real. It's not convincing. You know. Yeah. So I'm with you. I'm yeah. with you. Yeah, I believe that pornography reached its climax in oh. 1978. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, uh-huh. I can see that. Yeah. When the bush was still alive. Actually, 77. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> 78, it was starting to you, like... Listeners, you heard it here first. <laughs> Golden age of smut. <laughs> so, well, and Boogie Nights was the one that I didn't really talk to y'all about it, but mm-hmm. like, 
Uh, that was a movie I would have been happy to talk about. Which one was it? What is? Boogie Nights. Oh, Boogie Nights. Ah. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe we'll have to have you on for another episode in the future. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. we could have a whole segment of just, oh, yeah. like, smut talk. Yes. And Absolutely. <laughs> Wait, what was this? <laughs> I know. <laughs> this is the, the this beginning. This is the teaser. This yes. is the pilot. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how the well, numbers are. We'll go from there. So, yeah. Yeah. And so I wanted to... Um, quickly um, bring up the next potential episode, although I haven't touched base with Sarah Fox in a little okay. bit, uh, but possibly she could be our next guest. And I was looking back on our messages, and I believe she wants to cover, she's um, thinking about Spirited Away. Mm. Oh, that's a great film. Or, that makes a lot of sense Yeah, for or her. Alice mm-hmm. by Jean... Oh, do you know that brand? Oh, oh the mm-hmm. it's the it's the Polish Swankamer. animator. Uh huh. Yeah, it's animated. Swankamer. <laughs> she Maybe says. Maybe we'll mention that when we learn how to pronounce it. I know, it. I know. So <laughs> I'm I love Sarah's work, and I'm excited to hopefully get to talk to her soon. Yeah, another San Antonio artist. Totally, too. I know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Brian, thank you so much for chatting thank with you us. Thank you for having us. Oh, yeah. Or having yeah. me. Of course. <laughs> God, thanks for being in my <laughs> ear. <laughs> of course. Just the one, course. unfortunately. Um, yeah, great to have you. Yeah. It and does. I thanks don't think for... I could take hide in both of my ears. Uh-oh. It's a lot. <laughs> He's a lot. Quack. Um, yeah. Well, and thanks for giving me another excuse to watch Corel because I don't think I've seen it. Since the 90s. Oh, my so, gosh. Uh, any time. Yeah. Any time. And, and thanks for making me make my poor sister watch Carl. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted a day off. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. By the we- way, uh, tell Colleen I want to fuck her. <laughs> I will let you tell Hook her Hook it up, Ryan. Hook it up. <laughs> Come on. Okay, listen, listen here, Gio. We, it ain't going to happen. We've got off the rails. Okay. Time to say goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> okay. Good night. Bye. Good night. Bye. 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 Bye.